Welcome to the New Day Community Church Sermon Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by this message from the Kalamazoo, Michigan campus. For more info on the church, visit newdaycommunity.org. Uh, and uh, one thing about this series is that we're not talking about donations or tithing, which I did a series, uh, I think two years ago, on gratitude. It was in uh, November, uh, I think a year ago, or last not last year, but the year before. And it's, those are all online. You can listen to it. Giving is a really important aspect of, of finances, but we just feel that we, this whole month we're focusing on other aspects of, of giving. And so this clicker is not working. Oh, there it goes. Okay. <clears throat> so, and today I'm going to be talking about this thing called a poverty spirit. And how many have heard that term, poverty spirit? Okay, so maybe half. Maybe not quite half. And that's why we're going to take time to explain what it is. And at the end of the service, we're going to, going to corporately pray through a prayer to get rid of it. And so poverty spirit is a lie, basically, that tells us we will never have enough, all right? And it's, it's, um, it's an ec- epidemic level <laughs> infection within humanity, really. And uh, m- most people, if they're in a counseling ministry or pastoral ministry, we get to know this term pretty quickly, because so many people suffer from a poverty spirit. And so it's, this is an idea or an uh, aspect that if you're a minister, you, you understand and, and deal with. But often people in the church aren't familiar with that term or what it really means. So I really want to explain it because it has a huge effect on uh, us as Christians. Uh, and I don't want it to be confused with monasticism. <clears throat> Now, that's a word with a lot of syllables. <laughs> Not a common... You know what monasticism is? Nobody, really? Oh, come on. Nobody knows what monasticism Leonard Duke knows what monasticism This is the idea of uh, a monastic living, living as a monk, living in a monastery. <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> the vow of poverty, uh, especially practiced in the Middle Ages uh, through many of the Catholic monks, and in Catholicism, they actually call it uh, a spirit of poverty as a good thing. Okay? And so uh, it, it can be a good thing when it's, when it's done in a good way. All right? And so I'm not talking about that. It's kind of the abuse of that or uh, the enemy taking a good idea and twisting it is what I'm talking about. And so people who are called by... This is like Jesus um, you know, was talking about... Uh, 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 marriage and uh, you know it says divorce is, is wrong and, and one of his di- disciples said well you know, why should I, I guess we should never even get married and Jesus says well some people you know choose not to be and some people choose to be a eunuch some people are made a eunuch by men and some people are eunuch by, by a gift of God so it's, it's one of those gifts that most people don't want right <laughs> being a eunuch you know being a celibate right a poverty spirit uh sometimes is a gift that people choose to live without uh, uh possessions in order to seek god in a more pure way and so that that is a fine thing but very 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 few people are called to that and and so i'm not talking about that 
What I am talking about is this spirit or a lie that constantly tells us that we never have enough, that we can't get ahead, that there's a constant struggle, especially in the area of finances or material possessions, but it can apply to everything. A fear of lacking, uh, uh, just this, this fear that you're going to run out uh, kind of under the surface. Uh, and then also thinking that you just don't have what it takes. You don't have what it takes to succeed. You don't have what it takes to be successful, to be uh, prosperous, to do a good job, to, to, to get a, a boyfriend or a girlfriend, to, to make friends, to be uh, able to run a household, to please your spouse, to please God, to sing well enough, or to play an instrument well enough. or You just fill in the blank. It, it, can, it can apply to everything. And really, it's a lie that says you're not good enough. You don't have what it takes. And, and it's actually an accusation against you and that the, the enemy enables you to, or kind of deceives you into agreeing with him to blame God, that God isn't able to, because really, if, if you don't have enough, it's because God hasn't given you what it takes, or God hasn't enabled you, or equipped you, or provided the freedom. And so underlying it is, is, a, is a lie and an accusation against God. <clears throat> and, and it's the idea of focusing constantly, or uh, over uh, too much on what you don't have rather than uh, focusing or looking at or seeing or bringing attention to all that you do have. All right? And this is Bill Johnson talks about this. I think it's one of his major revelations. Uh, if you listen to uh, uh, Bethel teachings and everything that's coming out of Reading, it's a major theme. It's like, don't look at what you, what you don't have. Don't look at the negative, but rather focus on the positive. Uh, but the poverty spirit, someone who's gripped with a poverty spirit, all they see is the lack. All they see is their weakness. All they see is their uh, uh, inability. And so, like I said, it applies to every aspect of life. Many people go through their entire life with a poverty spirit in the area of emotions. That they, They're never happy. They never have joy. You know? And then they, they ruminate. They think about that. They focus on that. And it actually... Uh, magnifies it, you know. And many people actually, it, it often manifests in, in the area of financial. Um, and so if you're constantly struggling financially, month in, month out, trying to pay the bills, trying to pay the, this, trying to pay that, well, there, there probably are practical things that you can do, like budgets and, you know, uh, 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 making more money, getting a better job or a second job or, 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 or not taking out that uh, extra loan or whatever. But underneath that, if you don't deal with the spiritual aspect of it, all of those practical things will have limited success or you, you won't have the ability to actually do and maintain the practical changes if you have operating within you a poverty spirit which is both a lie and a spirit. <clears throat> All right? So Jesus said, blessed, and this is what people say, well, didn't Jesus say, blessed are the poor? Yes, he 
<laughs> yeah, he did. He said, blessed are the poor, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And then in uh, Luke's version, kind of gives a little uh, more. Uh, it says, blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. And he goes on, blessed are you who are hungry now, for you shall be satisfied. And there's a whole list of things, of, 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 of people that uh, are blessed, that Jesus is, is, is speaking blessing into. But if you notice, <clears throat> he doesn't say, blessed are the poor. In, in, in Matthew, he goes, blessed are the poor in spirit. In, in Luke, he does just say, blessed are the poor. It's implied in spirit. But he is also talking about those who are in poverty and those who actual hunger. Now, poverty is not a blessing. Okay? If you want to verify that, find someone who's really poor and ask them. <clears throat> There's a saying amongst wealthy people that blessed are the poor, but more blessed are the rich. <laughs> it was a joke. <laughs> they really say that. I've heard, I've heard a lot of people say that. All right? So, so what does this mean? Pop, what, what Jesus is saying, and the, the truth is poverty, Jesus is not saying here that poverty is a blessing or that it's more spiritual, okay? Just like he's not saying hunger is a blessing. Right? He's saying, blessed are you poor because you're going to get the kingdom of God. You know what the kingdom of God is? You know what the kingdom of God is? Who's the king in God's kingdom? God. What does that king own? Everything. So blessed are the poor because you actually possess everything. Okay? Jesus is, is speaking hope. Jesus is coming and saying, listen, if you're poor, if you're hungry, I am coming to change everything. I'm coming to bring justice and deliverance. You're blessed because of my mission, because of what I'm going to accomplish. He's not saying, just be blessed being poor. Be blessed having, being hungry. The whole list, go through it. He's not talking, he's saying he, that the reason they're blessed is because he's coming on the scene to change the course of human history. And for some people that change happens quickly. For some people, they may not see it in this life. But the ultimate blessing comes in understanding that God is bringing deliverance from poverty. Deliverance from bondage. Deliverance from hunger. Deliverance from persecution. Does that make sense? Yeah. All right. So when we read that and think, well, it's, it's, it's more spiritual to be poor, you're misunderstanding the very promise that Jesus made. All right? You believe that? Yeah. Quiet this morning? Yeah, it's a quiet morning. <clears throat> it's first service. Come on. Everybody say amen. Amen. All right. I, I, I like a little interaction. So, you know, I go to big churches, I visit churches, I have a lot of friends that pastor uh, big mega churches, and it's always, always like, wow, this must be hard. Because, you know, with those stage lights and everything, they can't even see the audience. But at New Day, we actually intentionally cultivate a more intimate, we're trying to go for a more connectedness, we want interaction during worship, and so our worship is done in a way that uh, we hope you s hear one another singing as much as the, as the worship team 
That's why we have uh, opportunity for people to come up and share uh, uh, exhortations. But also in preaching, I, I want to I actually see you <laughs> and talk to you. Uh, all right, so poverty is not a blessing. Uh, it's not more spiritual. Jesus came to give us hope and deliverance. It's actually the thief, and Jesus is speaking specifically about the devil, that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus' purpose is that they, those who believe and follow him, may have life and life abundantly, okay? An overabundance, an overflow, a more than enough. And so if you look at the whole of Scripture from the beginning to the end, poverty is never seen as a blessing. In fact, it's often referred to as a curse or the result of a curse. And that God's blessing is almost always depicted in people living with an abundance, all right? Now, that is not to say that we put our trust in riches, because that's a deception. And it's not to say that people who are poor are, are, are poor simply because they're cursed or they don't have enough faith. Life is a little more complex than that, isn't it? All right? And that there is a gift of poverty uh, where people choose to live, and we actually, true riches, and we're going to talk about this in, as part of the poverty spirit, is being free from being possessed by possessions all right and so that's that's really the issue is that we don't we don't worship we're not obsessed by things or finances and and so in that sense uh it's a healthier stronger thing but the enemy comes to bring poverty uh and 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 death and and breaking breakdown So there's a scripture, it's an interesting verse in Proverbs. It says, the leech has two daughters, give and give. Three things are never satisfied, four never say enough. Sheol, which is the grave in in Hebrew. The barren womb, the land never satisfied with water. So like a desert land that never gets enough water. And the fire that never says enough. All right, and so this is actually a biblical image. Uh, how many have ever wondered what this, this verse is talking about? All right, and Proverbs like the leech has two daughters, give and give. Well, there's throughout Scripture, the Bible uses imagery, <laughs> imagery to communicate truths. And so the, the, the writer of Proverbs here is, is referring to this, the leech, as a, I believe it, it, it's a, a picture in the Bible of this poverty spirit. And it has two daughters, uh, in other words, the offspring, the produce of this leech is uh, two daughters that just constantly say, give and give. Now this is not give like we're going to give away money. This is give, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, mine, 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 mine. Right? <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> but that, that, that constant want, desire, need, and expectation. Give me this. Give me that. Give me that. Give me that. Give me that. That is the manifestation of a leech. So we actually tried to find some leeches. I was going to have a bucket of leeches up here and ask someone to reach their hand down in it to get the $100 bill. You can't buy leeches in the middle of winter in Michigan. I don't know why. 
Not even online. <coughs> so <coughs> we spared you of that. So I, I actually think this is a is an image. It's leech spirit. It refers to the, that spirit, the demonic influence, uh, as well as the lie or a person who comes under that. Um, <coughs> Uh, constantly demanding more, never satisfied. And so in addition to the picture of a leech, it then, then gives uh, uh, four other images that never say enough. And so this is a spirit that's constantly yearning, just never satisfied. Sheol, the grave, you know, is never filled. Uh, a barren womb, uh, uh, someone who, who wants to have a baby and can't. And that's a, a tremendously powerful, emotional uh, situation if you if you're in that or if you know other uh, people who are which I do uh, it's just something that it's it causes great emotion and yearning uh, there's nothing wrong with that it's just this is a picture of this this uh, uh, insatiable desire <clears throat> the land that's never satisfied with water so when uh, a dry land when it rains is just sucks it up and can't get enough and fire that devours so all of these are images of the leech spirit. Well, researching leeches, I found out they attach pains and unknown, and they have blood thinner in it that makes it so that the given they just keep sucking and they get so they, they cause this unseen lack that there's like nothing will clot it until you get rid of it. Huh. So, so Kathy did some research on leeches. Because <laughs> I asked her to call the the, the, health, the health food store, the pet stores. <laughs> yeah, a leech will actually latch on. You don't feel it because they, they have a little, they do it in a way. I think they actually have some uh, painkiller uh, and then blood thinner. And so they can be on you and not even know. <laughs> I actually saw, maybe my eyes are tuned to it, but a report in the news that a woman had a three-inch leech up her nose <laughs> after swimming in some water. Oh. <laughs> Listen, I hate to say this, but many of you sitting in this room have spiritual leech on you. It's called a poverty spirit. Okay? And, uh, and it affects you. It drains your strength. Okay? And it's very, very real. It's both a lie. And I, just, I want to demystify this whole demonic thing. Uh, Jesus talked about demons all the time. The Bible is clear but that there are evil spirits. But uh, it's, it's, it can be just a lie. Now, it, what empowers a lie or what plants a lie is often a demonic entity. Uh, but don't get weirded out about, oh, demons. Uh, it's just, it's an influence, a spiritual influence that comes uh, for evil, for, for uh, 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 antichrist, uh, uh, what God doesn't want. But it's also just a lie we believe. So... <clears throat> Jesus actually has, there's, um, goes on, this is actually another proverb that has another picture of this same spirit, and it's called evil eye. The Bible says, don't eat with people who are stingy. Now, in the Hebrew, it actually says, don't eat with people with an evil eye. Don't desire their delicacies. They are always thinking about how much it costs. Eat and drink, they say, but they don't mean it. So the evil eye is an expression throughout Hebrew uh, uh, culture and uh, um, literature of someone who's a miser, who's stingy, and uh, basically has this poverty spirit. It's the same idea. They're always thinking about how much it costs. All right? Now, think about this. 
If you live a life where you're constantly thinking about how much everything costs, there's like this telling you're always trying to figure out, or why am I always, I never have enough, there's never enough money. And it's that running on in your brain, that's indicative, that's one of the symptoms of having that leech up your nose, <laughs> up your spiritual arm. It's the opposite of being generous. You know, even if you want to be generous, but there's something in you that thinks you can't. You want to have people over the house and share, but there's always, oh, we can't, we can't make it, we can't, we can't do it today, we can't. Well, that's poverty of spirit. <clears throat> and then in this example, they're saying, oh, go ahead, eat and drink, eat all. But underneath, there's a duplicitousness. There's a, there's a double-mindedness, and there's an underlying worrying that, you know, they try to put on the front of being generous, but really, they're trying to get something out of it. <clears throat> Uh, A man with an evil eye hastens after riches and does not consider that poverty will come upon him. And so here the scripture is telling us that this poverty spirit, this uh, evil eye, actually leads to poverty. That it uh, uh, constantly seeks finances, yet they're never satisfied. And the, uh, the fulfillment of that, or the outworking of that, is that they'll end up being poor. Now, they might be financially wealthy, because some people that are really tight-fisted end up with a lot of money, but they're poor in spirit. So it could be a figurative poverty, but often it ends up, most people that have poverty spirit end up being poor, uh, never, never having enough, because they believe that lie and they live based on that lie. So, but it can be literal or figurative. The issue is, and what we have to understand is that it's not about money, right? Because wealthy people can have a poverty spirit just as much as poor people. It has nothing to do with money. It has to do with the state of mind. It has to do with our heart. It has to do with the issue of faith. It has to do with an issue of of gratitude, thanksgiving, uh, thanksgiving, and generosity. It has to do with fear. And so, uh, bottom line, wherever you are financially, if you rid yourself of the lie and spirit, uh, the leech spirit in your life, you'll end up realizing you have so much more. It changes your heart. And then you start dealing with your finances differently, which actually leads leads to more freedom financially. Um, And uh, that's what changes your life and changes the lives of others around you. So Jesus actually spoke directly about this poverty spirit, even though he didn't use that term, because he used the term evil eye. All right? Uh, and, uh, uh, but it's, it's talking about the same idea in Matthew chapter 6, verse 21 through 34. Jesus said, Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. And so what Jesus is introducing here is he, he's... This is part of the Sermon on the Mount, near the end of it. He starts talking about treasure and desire, and he links the two, okay? Where your treasure is, that's where your desires are going to be. Uh, And so the rest of what he talks about has to do with our finances, has to do with our desires. It says, uh, where your treasure is, that's where your uh, desires, uh, that's there, the desires of your heart will also be. Your eye is the lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is good, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is bad, 
or in the original language, he actually says, if you have an evil eye, your whole body is filled with darkness. Now, how many have read this and thought, Jesus, what the heck are you talking about? All right. <clears throat> I have. All right. And see, the people that Jesus was talking to understood clearly what he was talking about. Because they knew that an evil eye meant someone who is obsessed with needs and uh, poverty or a miser or stingy. Okay? So when Jesus started talking about uh, light, uh, your light being filled with uh, light or your light being dark or evil, everyone in, that was listening to Jesus knew that he was referring to uh, this state of mind that had to do with their um, relationship with possessions and wealth. All right? So Jesus did not change topic here. He's using a, a, a term that his listeners understood. So if your, your, your eye is a lamp that provides light for your body, when your eye is good, your whole body is filled with light. When your eye is bad or evil, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. All right? And then he goes on, you can, you can serve, you, no one can serve two masters, for you will love, uh, hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. And the next line I'll show, share in a minute is that you cannot serve God and, and, and possessions. And so this idea of having a bad eye, and the way that, that works out is that everything you look at, you look at from that leech perspective that just says, give me, give me, give me, okay? Now we've really perfected this because we have the internet, all right? And I can click and I can look at anything in the world, and I can want, want, and I can put it on my wish list. It's funny, I was editing my wish list last night. (laughs) All right. And Jesus said, you know, if your eye is bad, full of darkness, like the things that you want, you don't realize that that want and that constant desire for more is actual darkness. And if you don't realize that, you don't realize how dark you really are. But if your eye is light, in other words, you're basking in the kingdom of God, which is going to be talked about next, you, you see that the whole world is God's and you will inherit it, it changes how you see everything. Do you get it? That this, this change of heart and mind changes how we see everything. That's why it's connected to the eyes. It says you cannot serve God and mammon, uh, mammon or money. Money is a poor translation of that. It's, uh, it's possessions. You cannot serve God and possessions. Uh, that is why I tell you. Now listen, Jesus' antidote to the spirit of poverty is don't worry. Be happy. No. It says don't worry about every day so because there's a linkage between that leech spirit, that poverty spirit, that want, 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 that actually is worry. It's a manifestation of worry. And worry is not being able to trust. Trust who? Trust God. Um, Whether you have enough food or drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more? And this is the second antidote. Hey, folks, life is more. Life isn't about things. It's not about possessions. There's more to life. So it's like Jesus saying, lift up your eyes, man. See what life's really about. 
Look at the birds and use some example. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for the heavenly father feeds them. In other words, uh, if a relationship with the father that provides you with what you need and so you don't have to worry. And he goes, aren't you more valuable to him than they are? So he brings it down to what's really at, at issue is, is how you value yourself and understanding how the Father values you, all right? When you understand how much the Father values you, the worry disappears, okay? Uh, he goes on, he goes, can all your worries add to a single moment in your life? Oops. And why worry about clothing? Look at the lilies of the field, how they grow. Uh, they don't work to make their clothing. And Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautiful as they are. If God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown tomorrow into the fire, he will certainly care for you. In other words, turning your attention from your lack, what you're worrying about, to, your, to God and how much he cares. All right? And it's, that's the turning of the focus of your life. Why do you have so little faith? Don't worry about these things. What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. And so a person with a spirit of poverty has this constantly in their mind. And it's from the enemy. It's not from God. He says, your heavenly father already knows all that you need. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Live righteously and he will give you everything you need. It's living a life of faith is living that kingdom lifestyle that has a confidence in the relationship of, uh, with God the Father that everything you need will provide it. He says, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow brings its own worries. Today's troubles is enough for today. So freedom from the poverty spirit is really a fruit of kingdom living. <clears throat> All right? That poverty leech spirit is a lie we believe <clears throat> and a demonic spirit that is attacking us. Okay? So you need to acknowledge if that's evident in your life and if, it, if it's not clearly evident, I ask you to start praying and asking God, well, where is it manifested? I deal with this issue regularly. Okay? Seriously. And there are areas in my life that I know I'm struggling to overcome poverty spirit. I see it in different places. And I see it in, in just about everyone's, everyone's life. Because it's, it's really a strong, strong lie and a strong spirit. So if, it, if you were swimming at a lake and your kid came out of the lake and it had a leech on it, on him, him or her, you wouldn't say, well, just live with it. It's now part of you. Uh, yeah, accept that as your identity. Don't worry, it won't hurt. You won't notice it. Yeah, it'll get bigger. We can cover that up with a pair. Of, just put some pants on it. I don't like seeing it. You wouldn't do that, would you? You'd get that leech off immediately, wouldn't you? Yeah. <clears throat> so that leech is real. But it's spiritual, so we don't see it with our natural eyes. Uh, and it must be removed. The lie has to be removed, and the spirit has to be removed. It's simply a process of applying the freedom that Jesus won for us on the cross. Listen, the first thing that has to happen is that you have to believe that Jesus Christ is who he said he was, that he is God the Son, that he came down from heaven, took on human form in the incarnation when he was born, lived a sinless life, 
preached the gospel, and then died on the cross as payment, as a penalty, as a substitution for you dying and bearing the pain and penalty of your sin. That Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sin. If you believe that, then you qualify for the power of the resurrection, okay? Which is freedom from poverty, freedom from sorrow, freedom from death, all right? And that doesn't start in the end-time resurrection. The Bible clearly says that we have access to that power now, all right? And God's given us a deposit of it in, in the Holy Spirit living within us. And so in faith, we need to reject the lie that we don't have enough, reject the influence of the poverty spirit as a result of believing that Jesus Christ is Lord. And if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as Lord, do so now. Right now. Okay? There's no ceremony in the Bible. It's just you accepting this as true and saying, I want to follow him. We'll have our prayer team up in a minute that can pray with you about it. But you can do it. Uh, so I want you to think for a minute, if there's any area in your life... Uh, where you constantly feel like you just don't have enough. Just, like, write it down if you have to. We're just going to take 30 seconds here. The second hand is not working. I don't have a second hand. Think of an area, emotional. I'm never going to have enough affection. I'm never going to be healthy enough. I'm never going to be strong enough. I'm never going to be pain-free. I'm never going to have a nice car. I'm never going to have a nice house. I'm never going to have enough money to give. Anywhere where your eye is dark, where you're envious of others. Now I want you to stand up and we're going to say a prayer that renounces this lie and casts off the spirit. All right? And so I'm going to lead you in the prayer and there's a fill in the blank so you can fill in the blank if there's some specific area. You can say this out loud or under your breath or silently, it doesn't matter. Uh, <clears throat> but the rest of it, we want you to say out loud. Okay, so follow me. I nail, I nail poverty, spirit, poverty spirit, leech, want, and lack, and worry, and whatever else, fill in the blank, to the cross. I break all agreements, known or unknown, I've made with the lies, and the spirits of poverty, leech, want, lack, worry. Yes. Now say this like you mean it. I repent of joining with these lies and these spirits. And I ask you, Father, to send poverty spirit, that spirit of leech, Want and lack, worry, and away from me, away from my family, away from my thoughts, 
away from my uh, circle of influence. In Jesus' name. And Father, what do you want to give me in place of these lies? Now just wait for a moment and see if you hear something from God. You rid yourself of the lack. And God wants to either say something, give you a mental image, maybe even a feeling of what he wants to give in place of that. And then what you need to do is start confessing that that is yours because of what Jesus did on the cross. Amen.